The following is a presentation of the Eagles Sports Network. Welcome to episode four of Mossy Creek Conversations. I'm Danielle Whaley, and this week I am joined by former Carson Newman women's soccer standout and current striker for Northern Ireland and Glasgow City, Lauren Wade. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast so that we can play a little bit catch up and obviously uh, reminisce on your time with the Eagles. Yeah, of course. No, it's good to be here. So 2020 has been crazy. I mean, everybody knows that at this point, there's a global pandemic going on, but you're already back to playing. Uh, you've had some time with Glasgow City in the Champions League quarterfinal, and you've also been with Northern Ireland uh, for the women's Euro qualifying rounds and everything. So comparing now on the pitch, what's it like to be out back playing uh, compared to pre-COVID? Yeah, no, it's actually, um, it's great. Because obviously pre-COVID, um, I was obviously in Glasgow only for um, roughly two weeks and then we went on international break and then come back and everything was very much up in the air um, so I was home for I think 15 or 16 weeks and at that time obviously you could only get out to run do your one hour of exercise so we thought that was great and then obviously came back to Glasgow and got back on the pitch and it was such a good feeling um, to obviously be away for out of the game for that long just to get back to actually touch the ball um, oh, was great. Um, I then obviously was away with Northern Ireland um, last week and um, I was home for a little bit and I actually went out running on my own and I was like, oh my goodness, I do not miss this one bit. Once you get a touch of the ball, it's a, it's so different. And you talk about those weeks that you were at home. I mean, you did have that time where you could go out and run, but how tough was it knowing, you know, everything was kind of up in the air. You didn't know if you were going to be able to go back and get on the, out on the pitch, but how was it spending time with family, kind of just being able to take a rest in some ways? Yeah, um, it was actually quite nice, obviously, this, the family side of it. Um, I don't get home, obviously, that often, and I have a niece and a nephew that are very young, so it's obviously nice to spend time with them. Um, but yeah, very much it was all up in the open and it was kind of um, maybe an anxious feeling that you didn't know if football was going to ever um, start start up again. Um, it was all very, oh, we'll find out in a couple of weeks, we'll find, and it kept just being pushed back and back. And um, luckily now we have a start date for the league, um, October 18th, so we're very lucky that way. But for a while it was very much touch and go and it can get, the first couple of weeks, I guess you, you just have to deal with it and you get used to watching TV and sitting around the house and things like that. But as the weeks progressed, then it got a lot more difficult. And watching TV, I mean, were you on Netflix or Disney Plus? Like, what was your streaming platform? What did you have? I was Netflix. Yeah. Flat out on Netflix, yeah. I'd watched so much that sometimes I just had to sit in a room with the TV off <laughs> just to have time on my own. But yeah, it was Netflix, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do want to catch up with everything that you've done since you've left Carson Newman, but I feel like if I'm sitting down with Lauren Wade, we have a lot to talk about whenever it comes to your time at Carson Newman. You were only here for two seasons, 2016 and 2017, but I mean, when you talk about living your college career to the fullest, you did that with Carson Newman. Uh, but going back to the beginning, what was it that drove you to come to Carson Newman? Actually, it's actually kind of a funny story. I don't know if many people know this, um, but I was coaching in Boston for my placement year uh, for the college back home and I just started to I went to a college training session one day just to keep fit and the next minute they were like um, how would you like to come and study and I was doing my final year 
after placement and I was like no there's no way I do not want to study anymore I'm done with my final year but the guy knew um, Julianne so once she got a little whiff of this she was like do you want to come to America and I was like no I was like I don't know no I just want to finish my studies at Jordanstown and that's me and she's like please will you just let my coach Skype you I was like okay I was like that's fine so I think um, at the time it was obviously Richard Moody and he Skyped me on the Friday and I was going to America on the Monday. I just made the decision. He was like, you study once a week, you get to play, you know, soccer full time. And yeah, and obviously Julianne was there and then Jackie Burns, obviously a little bit of home. Um, so yeah, it's actually quite a funny story. I was totally not interested in studying anymore, but I ended up having obviously the best two years of my life. I mean, yeah. it's funny how things work out. That's absolutely insane. But whenever you look at that, I mean, you talked about how you would have schooling pretty much one day a week and then it was full-time football. How big of an adjustment was that? I mean, was that your first time away from home for a long period of time? Yeah, well, I spent maybe six, seven months in Boston, but it was split up. So it was three months there and then I got home, you know, for maybe three months and then away again for three months. So, yeah. I mean, coming obviously out to America to study, I knew that it was obviously going to be a longer time period, obviously of two years. So, getting home obviously at the holidays and things like that. But yeah, it was it was hard to adjust to at the start because mm-hmm. um, I think I'd never. I just agreed to go. I didn't know where I was going, what it was going to be like. And <laughs> I remember when I arrived, I was like, oh, "Wow, okay." <laughs> kind of what have I said yes to? Before I'd even step foot on the you know soccer field or anything it was more just of where I was and actually adjusted you know pretty well because it ended up I think there's just something about Jeff City that it has that home feel to it I don't know if that's just with the Carson Newman family and things like that but yeah totally no it was brilliant kind of helps whenever it's like a small collective town in some ways and it feels like Carson Newman's the heartbeat of this area especially yeah, no, absolutely, you're right. Because you could go to a college that's massive and, and kind of feel lost. Yeah. But with Carson Newman, it was, it's, yeah, it was good. So, I mean, you talked about how it seemed like, you know, playing in the U.S., you were like, ah, I don't know about this. But looking back at it, um, do you think playing in the U.S. was the best move you could have made? Yeah, I, I believe so at that time. Yeah, it, def- it definitely was. Um, obviously, I was a bit blindsided obviously to what I was coming to I knew I obviously knew like I was going to play soccer and I was going to study and things like that but you just don't know what you're sometimes getting yourself into and yeah I think at that time it was I think it was very vital in my career right um obviously going from playing at home it's obviously part-time um to going into obviously you're more or less on a full-time professional basis although you're at college it's the same kind you know all the facilities the the staff that are there everything that you actually get with that so at that time um yeah i think it was pretty vital in my career sure i mean while you're pursuing your mba you were busy on the pitch like you said it seemed like a full-time job in some ways and i mean you really you put in the work i mean you helped the team to back-to-back sack regular season and tournament championships two straight appearances in the national tournament but going to that 2016 season first um, what was it like to be joining a team that had already won uh, the conference titles that season before? Did you feel any pressure knowing that this team had a lot to live up to? I don't know if it was much as, as pressure for the team. 
are more for myself I think obviously when I first arrived it was maybe they hadn't seen they'd seen maybe clips of me play but I more maybe had something to prove for myself but sometimes when I do that I put too much pressure on myself rather than just to let it go and just go and play um, so I think the first couple of weeks it was just adjusting to obviously how Richard really wanted to play and the way the girls were and getting to know everyone um, don't know if there was much as pressure because at that time maybe I just didn't know what you know all the different accolades were yeah. they don't have you know the week to week things at home and it was all kind of new for me <laughs> um, once I kind of got about then I get over I get really uh, competitive with myself so it's like once you get a feel for it then it's you know but I kind of just tried to let just play you know the soccer and kind of go from there but yeah it was I'm, I'm competitive in myself, so where I want to go, I want to win. Mm -hmm. So that side of it maybe was a little bit easier because mm -hmm. I have that kind of instilled in me that like, I just want to win. Sure. So that side, yeah. And whenever you look at that first season, I mean, you said that you were trying to get accustomed to the numerous accolades that they have. But aside from that, the playing style itself, did you see anything different from how you had grown up playing to how play kind of went on here in the U.S. for any reason? Yeah, it was it was very different. I think the game trophy is a lot faster. Yeah. Um, I think stereotypically you talk about Americans being athletes, and the game. I actually really remember my first game because obviously with the heat, getting used to the style of play. I actually thought at one point I was either taking heat stroke or having a heart attack. <laughs> that the game was actually that fast. So that was me adjusting to what way the game was. Um, but it was pretty much like go 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 and then yeah I think it was more just with the heat and things like that it was kind of a funny story that I tell that to everyone like how different the game is that way mm -hmm. um, but yeah then you just you get used to you, you get accustomed to that and then it's just normal life it's definitely something, I mean, whenever we talk to any international students, especially working with the soccer programs, they're just like, wait, this is August? Like, I can't wait till September comes around and it's cooler. It's like, no, wait till November and then you'll find the coolness a little bit if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah but I know that's so true. It really is. I mean, right now we have a rainy day and it's just, it's, it's East Tennessee, but like you said, you get accustomed to it. It just takes some time. But talking yeah. about getting accustomed, you go from that 2016 season and a little earlier than the team wanted to. 2017, Richard Moody moves on to a different uh, coaching opportunity and then you bring in uh, Simon Duffy and his coaching staff and you get to see a really interesting change where Julianne Harity, you know, your little piece of home in some ways becomes a coach as well. What was that entire transition like, especially having someone that you were playing with now coming into the coaching role? Yeah, no, it was obviously a little bit different, but we tried to keep it as much obviously the same as you know with the rules that allowed you know her to do that but obviously it was so nice to keep her there like the first season I absolutely loved playing alongside her and then to know that you know obviously when she graduated it was one of those things oh you might be leaving but then to actually that she was able to stay um, was absolutely brilliant because obviously she was such a fantastic player and she was pivotal in a lot of those um, seasons that she was there as well and then to have you know someone like her come in and obviously help um, Duffy was I think they were a, a good team together so no it was brilliant. I think they were definitely a good team together looking at what 
the entire coaching staff and the entire team as a unit what you guys did in that 2017 season. It was arguably the most historic season in program history. I mean, you made another run with the conference tournament. You win another regular season, another tournament title, and then you head into a very deep run in the NCAA tournament. And it all came down to the lone blemish in the national championship game. I know we have to talk about it. it has to happen against uh, Central Missouri, a 21-1-1 season, the only blemish being those PKs. Whenever you look back at that entire season as a whole, what made that entire run so special? I think we always like had goals at the start and it was always, I think we had the belief that we could go the full way. But I think you always, you just have to take it one game at a time. But I think as one game ended, the next one went and the next one, then we actually really started to believe that, that we could do this, obviously, to get to the national championship. That is the goal. It has to be anybody's, anybody, you know, team, player, staff, that has to be their goal to get to the very end. And I think we had that instilled from the very start. Mm -hmm. But I think the further you get, and you get into the, it's like, oh wow, like we could actually really do this. And I think that's what actually really helped us. The team was very, I think that's the tightest team uh, between the 16 and 17 year. I think the 17, we were just done everything for each other. Mm -hmm. And I think then that obviously really helped within getting us to where we got to. And obviously, yeah, the PK is not a nice way, obviously, to to go out, you know, in the national final, but just to get that far, I think, um, was amazing. And I think one thing as well, whenever you look at that, uh, the NCAA tournament especially, you were able to play most of those games at home, on the home pitch in McCowan Field. How did that really help the team's uh, mentality? I kind of, I guess, in some ways, with thinking you have to protect the fortress, you have to do your best at home. Absolutely. I think you just feel so much more comfortable, um, obviously, playing on, it's what you're used to. Mm -hmm. So everyone maybe has their you know their pre-game rituals what they do and and as game day comes knowing that you have to get on a bus and go away somewhere things kind of change you have to change your mentality but to know that you know you're at McCown Field your own changing facilities just everything you know your own um, obviously we had a lot of the fans were able to come out like the students which actually made that for us um, I think against maybe Col I think it was Columbus State um, and that the fans that were there that night really, really, uh, you know, obviously spurred us on. I think, I think it was from that game on, was really where then we thought we can do this. Uh, but definitely being at home, de it, it, there's just something about it. It's sometimes hard to actually put it, put one thing down to why it's why it works. But you, I think you just you feel yourself at home. Absolutely. I mean, you, you spoke about it. You're used to the same things whenever you come to the home pitch. It's like, okay, it's a well-oiled machine. You know what you're doing. And to have really the success that you had at McCallum Field, you know, I think that kind of made it more special for you guys, at least from my vantage point of watching you. It just seemed like whenever you came out onto that home pitch, something clicked and it made it very different to where it was like, you knew what you guys were doing. Yeah, no, that's so true. Everybody, I think everybody enjoyed it that way. And not only you know, when you go away, there's only so many people can come on the bus and certain things like that. Whereas when we're at home, you know, you guys are there, um, all the staff are there, players, as again said, the students, the boys team. I think you just feel that everybody actually gets to experience it with you. Mm -hmm. I think that was, uh, that's such a good part to it as well. And you spoke about the student outreach. I mean, having those fans there, how important was that during that entire 
uh, regional, it seemed like, I mean, you brought in a lot of crowds that season to have people watching. How did that really just kind of boost the confidence, I guess you could say? Yeah, no, it, totally, it really does, obviously, to have them there that you know that they're there supporting you. And maybe when, maybe the game's not going your way, as it does in certain periods of it, that they're, you know, they're there cheering you on and you're like, okay, we can really do this. Like, we can do it for them, you know, for each other. And yeah, it does give you a real confidence boost. And I guess then it also helps us, but maybe with the other team, you know, hearing, hearing those guys and girls obviously shouting away, you know, it's, it just does something. Mm -hmm. So no, it was good. No, absolutely. And I mean, you, you talked about how losing in PKs in the national championship, it's not really the way you want to end any season, no matter what level you're at or anything. But whenever you look at that season, do you ever try to just put that championship game out of your mind or do you still include it whenever you think about everything that the team accomplished that year? Personally, I think maybe at the beginning, it was still very raw. So mm -hmm. it was like, mm, I don't know if we want to touch on that subject. Yeah. But then you have to look back and think how far we actually had come. Um, so now, you know, I could, you know, when anyone ever asked and I got to the national final, obviously, you know, but yeah, I very much include it with anything that I, um, when I'm talking about Carson Newman, because yeah, we might have lost, but it's something that you still have to be very proud of, of what, you, of what we achieved as a team. Yeah. And I mean, you look at those 2016 and 17 seasons and you talked about how it seemed like there was something else clicking in that 2017 season. But whenever you look at both years, what stood out to you the most about um, the memories that you made with the team? I think obviously being with the team, you're more or less with the team 24-7. <laughs> so like, uh, even though they're your friends, they actually become your family. That's who outside of you know the campus, that's everybody who you're with. Um, so that's a massive part. Um, which I always I took that home with me how much of a, a family feel mm -hmm. um, that it was and that you were also sharing the field with your friends and and then they be obviously became family when as I said we became that so much more closer yeah. and I think that helped from the 2016 season mm -hmm. and obviously the players that then progressed on instead obviously there was players that graduated mm -hmm. um, I have so many memories <laughs> most of them probably. Um, on the pitch, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, oh, there's a lot. They, both seasons were just, um, they were so good. Obviously my first season, I actually um, broke my wrist. So I missed the first five games of the season. And that was that was a tough time because I, I was missing for two weeks mm -hmm. and to miss five games is actually nuts. Because obviously at home, if you're out two weeks, you maybe only miss two games. Yeah they play them weekly but yeah that side of it was hard to adjust to and I was like no please I was begging the doctor I was like no you have to let me play he's like I can't like if you fall on your wrist and re-break it then it's down to me I was like no I'll take the blame I'll take the blame just please let me play and then I think he finally um gave in but it was kind of a nasty break so that's why I wasn't allowed um to play because in case I fell again they had to reset it mm -hmm. so it was a bit of a but to think that I missed you know those games and how well then individually actually done but obviously as a team um it's hard to watch in the sidelines i mean very hard oh I'm, I'm i'm sure yeah watching from the sidelines but i think you bounced back pretty well if you ask me yeah yeah <laughs> well it was good i remember the game i think it was against anderson and alex brandon scored um 
I think it was like three minutes into overtime. And I remember like sprinting. We were, everyone sprinted, but I kind of looked at Corey and was like, nah, I'm away. And I was away with my the cast and everything. And they were just like looking at me thinking, you're nuts. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was that was a probably a, a good turning point maybe in that season. That was vital, obviously we, we won that game in in overtime, yeah. Sure. We kept it exciting. I mean, you have to keep it exciting, but you know, you saying keeping it exciting, that takes me to a memory specifically that I have of you, of watching you on the pitch. Uh, it might be something that you remember. I think it's one of your greatest feats in Carson Newman history because it's still one of the best feats in NCAA Division II history. It still stands as the fifth fastest hat trick in NCAA Division II history at Tusculum. Uh, you only needed three minutes and 30 seconds, just a measly three minutes and 30 seconds to get a hat trick. Walk me through that game. What do you remember from it? Yeah, that's actually probably one of my most memorable games as well. Yeah. Um, it was, it, all, it actually did all happen so quick. And I remember when the game finished and they were like, you know, you scored in like three, and I was like, what? It, but it felt so much longer. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It felt quick, but didn't. And mm-hmm. that, we knew it was a must-win game, and obviously going to Tusculum with the rivalry and things like that, we knew what we had to do, and the pressure kind of maybe was more on us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, I think, obviously it was still 0-0 at halftime, and I remember then knowing that we had to get the goals and once we got the first it was kind of like that kind of sigh of relief and then yeah it just kind of escalated very quickly from there um but yeah no that that always sticks in my mind and i remember even after the game uh Tuscombe's coach was like i'm so glad you're graduating this year i'll actually maybe come to the graduation and make sure that you walk across um but that was kind of a funny moment but yeah that was that was a, a nice part of that season it definitely escalated. I remember being on the sidelines for that game. I mean, that's probably out of all the Carson Newman sporting events I've been to. That's the one where I just stood there thinking, where am I? Like, did this actually just happen? I remember texting Tanner Swift because he was upstairs uh, writing the yep. recap. And I said, did you have a timer on how fast that was? And he said, I, I don't know what's going on. He was like, I'll get back to you in a minute. It was <laughs> it was still just unbelievable. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was one of those, like, what actually just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a memorable one of that season, definitely. It absolutely is. And I mean, you talk about things that are memorable. Your time, like I said, it was one for the record books. When people say having a career for the record books, I feel like you should be the definition photo of that. Uh, I am going to delve a little bit into what you've done in the record books. So allow me to remind you, uh, you were in the top 10 for nearly a dozen, a dozen different statistical categories. Uh, you are fifth with career points. I want to say you have 98 in that one, six with 37 goals, and you're tied for fourth with 24 uh, uh, career assists and back-to-back sack player and female athlete of the year, back-to-back all sack first team pick, back-to-back Southeast region player of the year. You were a first team All-American numerous times. If you had to go back to the beginning of the 2016 season and someone said, Lauren Wade, you're going to do all of this in just two years, would you have believed it? (laughs) Probably not, no. (laughs) Um, I don't think I would have because I think I didn't even know what all those were at that time. Mm -hmm. I remember just coming across and then someone's like, you just won Player of the Week. And I was like, oh, okay. You need to go do an interview. And I was like, okay. And then the next week, yeah, you have to go. And I was like, oh, okay. What's not? And then I started, I think, as I said at the very start, to get 
such a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And then I was being obviously competitive with myself. Um, and I think that's kind of a little bit happened at the start of the 2017 season because I knew what I had done in 2016. But then obviously again, I had the pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a little bit of a slow start, but it was still, um, that's personally. Um, and I remember Duffy being like, just relax, it's gonna be fine. Just mm-hmm. relax, play your stuff. Mm-hmm. Things look, You're putting too much pressure on yourself. And well then yeah, I just kind of let that go. And no, it was, yeah, it's all it's all very memorable and quite surreal what I actually did do. Sometimes I do read up on the reports again sometimes, just when I miss it and I'm just like, I actually done that. <laughs> you know, individually that's what I done, but mm-hmm. I never take that away because I, I play a team sport. So everything that obviously I win, I can't do without them, right. you know. So like, they're all part of that as well. All the girls from, you know, 2016, 2017, they all play a massive part and everybody's accolades that we win. So yeah, it's all, it's a team sport, so it's. Whenever you look at those accolades, I mean, you said it is a team sport, which means the most to you, the individual accolades, because you are competitive. I mean, that's just your nature, yeah. or was it the team accolades that meant more? No, definitely the team ones. De- definitely. Um, obviously, in my first season, mm-hmm. it was, you know, we the same one, the SAC, and then the SAC tournament, and then the second season was, you know, again, and then obviously made it to the, to the national final, but that's, yeah, they mean so much more, because you're doing that with, with your teammates, um, and that's the whole reason why we play the sport. Absolutely, and I mean, since Carson Newman, you've been just as busy since you've left Mossy Creek. You're now one of, I want to say, seven former Eagles that are playing in the professional ranks. You signed with an Icelandic team in 2019, so right out of college, and then um, you win a second division title with them, and then you move over to Glasgow City, and this is a team that has won 13 straight uh, titles, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, how do you even go from, oh, I, I've won a title here, and now it's I'm defending 13 titles. What's that like for you? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, obviously, I spent my year in Iceland, and that was something that I actually really enjoyed thoroughly. But I think for me at that time, I I could have stayed there for another year. Um, but at that time, I think I was always working my way closer um, to home. Not ready to be home just yet, but obviously then um, I was home f- for a couple of months and um, got speaking with you know the head coach at Glasgow City and. Then now I'm here, and no, that's good. To, you know, it's good as well. Obviously, Glasgow City, as you said, very successful club, and that was something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, obviously, they have their history and their successes before, but that's kind of again what enticed me here. Knew how successful they were, and you know, I want to just continue that on with them. How much of a dream has it been to be able to play at the professional level? Oh, it's a, yeah, that's a dream come true. Um, to say that you, you, you know, what do you do? Oh, I'm a footballer. Um, <laughs> I think it's always something that I've wanted to do from a very young age. Um, but I think the opportunities that maybe are around now for those, you know, kids that are 18, 19, is actually amazing how much the women's game um, have grown. And I'm just lucky that I'm kind of in between the ages that I get to actually experience that now. To play in uh, Iceland for a year, was there a lot of culture shock with that compared to, you know, the time that you were able to spend in the U.S., but then you go to a completely different country? Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> yeah. Just with even, I think the language was the first, um, but what, what helped was the coach, Nick, he was English. 
So that was massive at that point because he and he was obviously able to help the was myself an American that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped as well. But obviously, yeah, with like the weather and and you know where where we were being, it was actually I was quite lucky because I was in Reykjavik, the city. Mm-hmm. So you could say that was busy, but not really. Um, but yeah, the weather was when I flew in. I remember coming across the mountains and it was just snow and I was like the same expression. I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? <laughs> I do that everywhere I go, by the way. And then, and then it ends up being like the best time. But I, I do that everywhere I go. I'm like, oh, what have I done? Um, but yeah, the weather was a big shock. It was so, so cold. But then it happened to be they had the best summer <laughs> that they've had in a long time. Um, it was sunny, but very chilly. I mean, you go from where it's really hot whenever the sun is out in Jeff City to the sun's out, but it's still cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's so cold, like minus 10. Yeah, no. Well, that's Seems degrees, warm. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> not nice. On the international level, we'll go from pro to international. You have had the, I feel like it's a distinct honor to play for your home country, and you've had over 20 uh, caps to this point, if I'm not mistaken. What's it like to be able to uh, play for your home country and represent Northern Ireland? Yeah, um, I absolutely love um, playing for Northern Ireland. Um, it's kind of cliche, but just to pull on the green the green jersey and know that you're representing your country is, is something that I'll always be proud of. Um, yeah, to, to always say that you play for your country, yeah, that's an achievement as well in itself. And um, I'm absolutely loving um, the current time that I'm having with Northern Ireland. We're um, obviously just back from uh, Faroe Islands, a very successful trip. So yeah, no, it's, be, it's been brilliant. And I, whenever you talked about you know coming to Carson Newman, you had a piece of home uh, with Jackie Burns and uh, Jules, but now you get to play alongside Jackie Burns still. So you guys have played for Northern Ireland, and you're playing. You've played for Carson Newman as well. What's it like to kind of have that familiar face on the pitch with you? Yeah, no, it's great. Obviously, that's, that was a big part. You know, when I was at Carson Newman, to have that again, that little bit of home, and then obviously I, I see Jackie on a regular basis when I'm at home or, you know, obviously at Northern Ireland training and that's nice as well because a lot of the things that I've done, she's been there. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it's the same when we're on camp. There's that just, obviously, all my teammates at Northern Ireland, that is home. Um, but yeah, like, it's good to have Jackie around. It's good. And being able to play for the senior women's squad, that's the group you're with now, but you've played for Northern Ireland at different levels up until now. Uh, each way, the, each year along the way, uh, has there been a moment that has stood out the most to you, or that's still closest to your heart at all the levels that you've played at for Northern Ireland? I think um, probably the, the senior team, getting my first cap. Uh, I was... 15 or 16, I was very young, um, in a friendly game um, against Scotland and then um, I had a bit of a nasty period, just I had a hip surgery so it rolled me out for quite a while and then I got back into the the women's national team when I was about 18 or 19. No, I had the surgery at 18 so it was 20, 21, um, obviously I'm now 26 but I think, I think representing your country for the very first time, getting your debut, mm-hmm. your first cap is something that will always... Um, be most memorable but I also think scoring your first goal as well yeah. um, that's another um, achievement in myself that 
obviously because I'm I'm a striker and that's what I do. So to obviously score for your country is um, yeah, and that's also a dream come true. And that first goal for Northern Ireland, you have to tell me about it. What was it like? Yeah, so my first my first goal was actually in a, a competitive friendly tournament um, in Turkey. Um, it was against let me think Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it quite well. Uh, I actually remember posting the celebration on my Instagram. And I don't know if it was Adam or it was one of the CN Athletics. They posted under it and was like, "We've seen that celebration before." <laughs> so it was one of those ones. But um, obviously, a couple of weeks back, we played the Faroe Islands, and that was um, the first time I'd actually scored in a competitive Euro um, qualifier. So that's another, another uh, you know, milestone as well. Yeah, and I mean, you was, didn't even just score once; you scored twice in that one. Yeah, no, that was that was a very um, important game in our campaign. Um, it was a must-win. We have three games left now, and they're also mu- we had a goal at the next four games. We had to win, um, so we're one down, three more to go. Um, it sounds easier saying that than actually going out to do it, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was brilliant to obviously win that game. We needed we we needed that, and obviously for the the team and the morale of the team had been so high mm-hmm. um, and that yeah that was that was a brilliant experience as well and you'll be starting back again you said earlier with Glasgow City later on in October how excited are you to get back out with that group and get playing again yeah no I'm so excited because again I said it was a bit stop start so mm-hmm. I was here for maybe two weeks and then I went home then I'm back and it felt like I never was away but I was. It was the weirdest feeling, and um, I'm just glad now to be back here and trying to get settled back in. Because um, obviously, I've been signed with Glasgow City now since January, but I've really, you know, I've played. We've had two games mm-hmm. in that space of time, and um, I'm just so excited now for the season to start in three weeks. Absolutely. And you spoke on this earlier. You touched on it really quickly, but I want to talk about it. The way that the women in sports, that has been a very big topic, I feel like, in 2020, and especially in recent years, you've seen uh, a growing spotlight with women in sports, and soccer has been at the forefront of that uh, conversation, I would say. But from your experience, you know, you've played at the collegiate level, you grew up playing soccer, and you're playing professionally and internationally. Firsthand, how have you seen that growth uh, for uh, really women's sports in general, but also for the game of soccer? Yeah, I think it's actually been massive. Um, you know, when I was growing up, it was I played with the boys, so I didn't even have a girls team. So to go from you know you played with the boys up until maybe you were fourteen, and then you obviously joined the women's teams, and then obviously went from there. But what you know younger girls have now is you know they can play with the girls from a very young age. Um, the opportunities that women have, obviously. You know, there's a lot more financially in the game, um, media, everything surrounding that can actually boost the game itself. And as you say, not just you know women's soccer, women's sports. Um, so I think, you know, maybe myself as a sports person and all the other sports persons have also helped, you know, grow the game that way. And what we've done. Um, also like individually or what you know certain women's teams have done 
as you say, Glasgow City have been successful the last 13 years. You know, just different things like that can also help boost um, women's sports. And yeah, I think, yeah, like yourself in media, you know, you all do a, fan, a fantastic job of, of getting, you know, players out there. If that didn't happen, then no one would know who we were. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's it's been actually quite a, I'm, I'm, you know, it may have taken a gradual increase, mm-hmm. but it feels like it, it's just shot right up. Yeah. You know, even though it has been gradual, but yeah, I think I think now that the opportunities that a lot of young girls have at 16, 17, 18 um, is massive, and I think people my age or even that little bit older would just be grasping that with two hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I mean. You know, you look at what younger generations have now to work with, whether they are playing or covering the sport as well. There are so many opportunities like you spoke of. With those opportunities, what excites you the most about what could lie ahead for the future of women's sports? Yeah, I think it's more just of having those players being able to go and and, and play professionally. But being able to play professionally that, you know, they can, they can live by just playing football or whatever sport it may be, I think that's the exciting part that maybe in, I'm not saying we'll ever be level with, you know, men, the men's game or men's sports, but at least to be taken seriously, I guess. And I think the exciting part is, is we, we can see where it has grown from. So where's it going to go next? I think that's the most exciting part. And I mean, for you, you said that you played with the boys growing up. Do you think that kind of played into how competitive you are now, where you were showing, you know, I can be level, I can be just as competitive? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think playing with the boys helped me with numerous probably things. I think, you know, growing up playing alongside boys, you know, you had to be as strong as them, as fast as them. Um, so I think, like, within my own development, that actually, you know, it actually really helped. Um, but yeah, of course, once you get, that's why the cutoff was around 14. So once you get to 14, 15, obviously then it becomes a lot more difficult. Um, but a lot of girls actually prefer, not say prefer to play with the boys, but at a young age, it really helps within their development of the game. Absolutely. And I mean, you look at everything you've accomplished thus far, your journey is far from over. You've grown in the game, you've made a name for yourself. But you fast forward five years. Where is Lauren Wade? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Hopefully, still playing. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Still playing. Yeah. Um, I would honestly would lo- still love to be um, within the national team setup, playing internationally. Um, I feel I still have five more years. Um, fingers crossed. But yeah, <laughs> I still, I still, you know. Uh, obviously, the goal this year is to hopefully try and qualify for a Euro tournament. That's a massive um, goal of mine individually and as as a team with Northern Ireland. Um, and still, obviously, playing professional wherever that may be. Um, but I see it being within the UK, Scotland, you know, near closer to home. But you just never know. You you yes. really do never know. You never know. And that's the thing that did I ever think I would be a Christian human? No, that turned out. So no. You never know how it'll turn out. I mean, maybe we'll see you back in the U.S. playing again for a professional team around here. I mean, there's a growing number of professional teams uh, for the women's sport here. So who knows? Maybe Lauren White will make her return to the U.S. soil and play some more time uh, on the pitch here. 
yeah maybe that's another option definitely <laughs> it always is an option well lauren thank you so much for uh sitting down with me in this mossy creek conversation reminiscing on everything you did uh with your time at carson newman and just catching up it's been great yeah no it has been good she is Lauren Wade, former CN uh, women's soccer striker. I'm Danielle Whaley with Mosky Creek Conversations.